Good evening. Tonight we wrap up our songs of, well, I shouldn't say we wrap up, we wrap up the midweek services. And we continue with our songs of Advent with the Nuke Dimittis, which is looking a little bit beyond Christmas, but that's, that's okay. Um, we actually finished the songs of Advent series on Christmas Eve with the Song of the Angels. But tonight we'll focus on the Nuke Dimittis. And you'll notice, I think it's for the uh, hymn of the day, the hymn is printed off in your bulletin. It's from the TLH. So when it's time for that, look in your bulletin for that hymn. Otherwise, we'll open up with hymn 334.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. How lovely is your dwelling place. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. They go from strength to strength. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Behold our shield, O God. For a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. O Lord of hosts, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading for this third midweek Advent service is from 1 Samuel chapter 1. The man, Elkanah, and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bowl, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, 
he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. This is the word of our Lord. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. As we have heard, so have we seen. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 2. Brothers, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when, he, when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Alleluia. Make his paths straight. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. And at the end of eight days, when Jesus was circumcised, he was, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose, man, whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared before the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, 
Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is the gospel of our Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I started meeting with the catechumens last fall. And I always start any class with one question. Always in the first class. It's always the first thing I ask. That's for adult catechumens as well. I ask them this question just about every week. When I meet with them, they don't know when it's coming. But Aubrey, it's coming, isn't it? You know what the question is. <laughs> They're probably getting sick of me asking it, but I'm not anywhere near sick of asking it myself. And the question is this. Now let's see if you can answer it in your heads tonight. And catechumens, the one that I have here, you can't give it away right now. And the question is this, what is Christianity? What is Christianity? Do you have an answer? It's a basic question, especially for those who call yourselves Christians. So I'm sure you have an answer, even if it's a bit of a struggle. There's at least a concept in your head. Maybe you said it's a religion. Maybe the true religion true. That's, that's, that's right. Maybe you're like some who say it's a relationship with God. We know some would answer that it's salvation and hope. It's love and helping others. Or maybe it's acceptance and not judging. Or some of you may say it's simply about God. My catechumens have all given me answers like this, adult or youth. And when they do, I always shake my head. No. Now, some answers are just wrong. That happens. And some can be somewhat right, but they all completely miss the essence of Christianity. Because all of those answers, they're abstract. You can't, you can't touch them. You can't see them. Feel them or hold them. You can't unify yourself with an abstraction or become one with it. And here is the answer. Straight from Simeon. Christianity is the flesh and blood of Jesus. That's the answer. Christianity is the incarnation. This is what Simeon's song is all about. There's three aspects of this song that he sings about. The first aspect is that Christianity is the long-prepared incarnation. This is what Simeon sings. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Now we saw this a bit in Mary's song and in Zechariah's song. The Lord has prepared this salvation, this incarnation, in the entire Old Testament. Now ask yourself, how often in the Old Testament did Israel or the Jews, how often did they see their salvation, touch their salvation, taste or smell it, like Simeon does here? Think, of, think through the Old Testament and consider Abraham. He saw three messengers. He saw the angel of the Lord as he was about to sacrifice Isaac. 
And the Bible says he saw the Lord multiple times. But when did Abraham hold his salvation? Jacob saw the Lord in a dream on top of a ladder. He wrestled with the Lord. But when did he lay his hands and grasp his salvation? And same for the nation of Israel. They saw their Passover. They saw the waters part. They saw manna fall from the sky. They saw water come from a rock. They saw the glory of the Lord descend upon Sinai. They saw the cloud of the Lord fill the tabernacle and fill the temple. The Lord commanded them to make sacrifices, sin offerings. So they heard lambs. They touched them. They smelled the offerings. They tasted them. But when did Israel in any of this ever lay their eyes on their salvation? Hold it in the palm of their hands. They didn't. For all the miracles in the Old Testament, for all the salvation the Lord did bring them, no Israelite could sing before Simeon that their eyes did see and hold, and their hands did hold, God's salvation. No one could claim that before Simeon. When Abraham saw the angel of the Lord, At best, he could say he saw the one who would become his salvation. When Jacob grappled with the Lord, the best he could do was say that he grasped the one who would one day take his flesh. When Israel witnessed the Passover, when it led them out of physical slavery, at best they could say that what they saw in those parted waters was an event that pointed to a greater exodus from a greater spiritual slavery. When the Israelites made their sacrifices, their sin offerings, at best they could say that what they were seeing and touching and tasting and feeling in that animal was only a mere animal that pointed forward to the true sacrificial lamb. What the Israelites saw throughout the entire Old Testament was the Lord preparing the way for His salvation, preparing His way amongst all of Israel, preparing it in Israel before all peoples, all nations, Egypt and Syria, Babylon and Persia, Greek and Romans. And as the Lord prepared his salvation, Israel waited, just as we do in Advent. But it wasn't until Simeon held the Christ child in his hands, saw him with his own eyes, that any Jew could say, my eyes have seen my salvation. He was the first one that could say that. The Lord prepared the way all throughout the Old Testament so that Simeon could be blessed by the Lord as he held the flesh and blood of his salvation in his hands. As he held the long prepared for incarnation. And at that moment when he held the Christ child, the wait then was over. The preparations were finished. When Simeon held the Christ child, all of Israel could finally sing with Simeon, my eyes have seen your salvation. In peace, as the Lord's word declared it would happen. And next, Simeon sings that Christianity is the incarnation of revelation. All of the Old Testament pointed forward to the salvation that would be. But when the salvation came, 
How was Israel supposed to see it? How were the Gentiles supposed to see it when they lived in darkness? How was Israel supposed to know its glory? And what about you? You who call yourselves Christians, where do you see your salvation? Where do you see the glory of God's people, of his church? Now there are plenty of people out there that will tell you what Christianity is. Many have an answer of what your salvation is to be. Some will tell you that Christianity is just a moral way of life to try to live like Christ. Or maybe that it's just a tradition or an old religion. It's just people that focus on Christ or a relationship with Him. But again, that's all abstract. None of that delivers a concrete physical salvation. How many Christians say that Christianity is about Jesus Christ, but then they deny that baptism unites you to Christ's flesh or that the Eucharist gives you that very flesh and blood? How often do we talk about God as some floating head in the sky or try to reach Him with our own thoughts, our own philosophies? As we hear Christians try to explain Christianity in this way, a trap that we sometimes fall into when we think of God maybe more as a far-off spirit. As we hear this, how does this way of thinking put us any diff- in any different place than the Old Testament Israelites before Simeon? You see, at least the Old Testament Israelites could see what God was doing and look forward, knowing the Passover, the manna, the promised land, pointed forward to a salvation to come. They can at least grab onto hope. But when we fail to see Christianity as the flesh and blood of Jesus, then the words of Scripture ring hollow. We can't grasp them. When we fail to see the flesh and blood of Jesus in the sacraments, then they become empty works, empty signs fulfilling empty commands of God. God then becomes inaccessible. He goes beyond our reach. You can't do anything with an abstraction. You can't grasp that. Think about it maybe, but that doesn't go anywhere. But Simeon here sings that Christianity is the incarnation of revelation, meaning Simeon held your salvation in his hands, saw your salvation with his eyes. What Simeon held that day is the light which is so bright that it revealed to the Gentiles living in darkness who was their salvation. What Simeon held, what he saw and felt and smelled was the glory of Israel that he and all the nation had waited so long for. And what Simeon saw as he held the flesh and blood of our salvation in his hands What was revealed to Simeon as he looked at this salvation is exactly what he tells Mary. That this child is appointed for a sign that is opposed. And he says to Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That is, this flesh and blood Christ child 
came to give life and salvation by being condemned for the sins of the world and in his own death. That as this child would hang on the cross, as this child's side was pierced and blood poured out, that Mary witnessing this would have a sword pierce her own soul as well. As Simeon held the flesh and blood of our salvation, he is telling us what is being revealed to him. What's being revealed is the light of the Gentiles that he can see. The glory of Israel being revealed to him as Christ crucified. That's the image. Simeon sees that Christianity is Christ crucified. That's no different than what we've been saying. When we say Christianity is the flesh and blood of Christ, we're saying Christianity is Christ crucified. It happened. He has the marks. Because the revelation of that flesh and blood, the revelation of the incarnation is Christ crucified. That's what it reveals to us. The Father's love right there. Christ crucified is the light of the Gentiles. This is the glory of Israel. The glory of the church. Which is why Simeon also sings, Christianity is the incarnation which makes us God's people. Christianity isn't some choice that you made for Jesus. It's not you finding Jesus or you deciding to live your life for him. It's not you earning your life and salvation by his example or help. That's not Christianity. That's not how you become Christian. It's not how you enter the church or how you become united to Christ. Because you can't make the choice. We're not capable. You can't get out your compass, and find Jesus with your own eyes. You can't touch a decision. You can't taste a decision to see that the Lord is good. Christianity is not abstract. It is real. It is concrete. Christianity is baptism, where the blood which flowed from Christ's side is poured out on you in the waters. The blood is there. Christianity is where your flesh is united to Christ in his death, killing the old sinful creature. Where your flesh is cleansed and is united to Christ's flesh in his resurrection. Where the new creation in Christ sets you free from the old creation under sin. Where through the waters you enter the church, going from being a Gentile to part of God's people. This is not just some nice thought or philosophy. It's the reality of the flesh and blood of Christ. It's as real as when Simeon held Christ in his hands. Christianity is the word of God, the word incarnate coming to you, speaking in your ear, entering your heart, forgiving your sin as it continues to make you created anew in the waters of baptism. The word of God where faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Christ who is present with you in his church, not just in spirit, but in the flesh and blood of his body. That's the reality of the flesh and blood of Christ. What you hear is as real as when Simeon saw it with his own eyes. Christianity is the sacrament of the altar, 
For Christ comes to you in his flesh given for you, and in his blood poured out for you. Where you partake of that flesh and blood of Christ in the most intimate of communions, with the whole church for the forgiveness of your sins. Where here at this rail, you can hear him speak. You can see him. You can touch him with your hands. Kiss the hosts with your lips. Smell and taste the blood. So that what you hold in your hand is not just a piece of bread, but your salvation. What you touch with your lips is not just some wine. That is your salvation. Christianity is the word and sacraments. It makes us a part of Israel, his people, his church. It keeps us as his people until, like Simeon, we're ready to depart. So that we are not like the Old Testament Israel, always looking ahead and hoping. Never able to see their salvation, but always knowing it's coming. Rather, we're like Simeon at this altar. We're like Simeon where we hold the flesh and blood of our salvation. And where we bless God as we see and taste, smell and feel and hear Him. What is Christianity? Look at Simeon. Christianity is the flesh and blood of Christ. It is the incarnation. It is Christ crucified. That's all saying the same thing. It's our salvation in the flesh. Which is why we sing the Nuke Dimittis with Simeon each time after we have communion. Because after we have held the Lord in our hands, partook of the supper, we are, like Simeon, ready to depart in peace. We're ready to die. To go from this age to the next. We are, with Simeon, ready for Christmas. And for our Lord to arrive. We are with Him ready for our Lord to come back and take us into life everlasting where we will be with the flesh and blood of our Lord forever. That's not abstract. You'll be able to touch Him and hold Him just like Simeon did. Amen. Now may the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Thank you.
out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, and greatly to be praised and glorified forever. Bless we the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We praise and magnify him forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, in the firmament of heaven, and greatly to be praised and glorified and highly exalted forever. The Almighty and merciful Lord bless and preserve us. Amen. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this night to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Lord God, Heavenly Father, who has given your Son to be our Savior, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel, we beseech you, enlighten our hearts, that we may know your grace and fatherly will in him toward us, and obtain everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and everlasting God, who is worthy to be held in reverence by all the children of men, we give you most humble and hearty thanks 
for the innumerable blessings, both temporal and spiritual, which, without any merit or worthiness on our part, you have bestowed on us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you especially that you have preserved unto us in their purity your saving word and the sacred sacraments of your house. And we beseech you, O Lord, to preserve and extend your kingdom of grace and to grant unto your holy church throughout the world purity of doctrine and faithful pastors who shall preach your word with power and help all who hear rightly to understand and truly believe it. Send forth laborers into your harvest and open the door of faith unto all who do not know you. In mercy, remember the enemies of your church and grant unto them repentance unto life. Be the protector and defender of your people in all time of tribulation and danger. And may we, in communion with your church and in brotherly unity with all our fellow Christians, fight the good fight of faith and in the end receive the salvation of our souls. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bestow your grace upon all nations of the earth. Especially do we entreat you to bless our land and all its inhabitants, and all who are in authority. Cause your glory to dwell among us, and let mercy and truth, righteousness and peace, everywhere prevail. To this end we commend to your care all our schools, and pray you to make them nurseries of useful knowledge and Christian virtues that they may bring forth the wholesome fruits of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this evening do we pray for all those that we name in our hearts at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Graciously defend us from all calamity by fire and water, from war and pestilence, from scarcity and famine, and from every other evil. Protect and prosper everyone in their rightful callings, and cause all useful arts to flourish among us. Be the God and Father of the widow and the fatherless children, the helper of the sick and the needy, and the comforter of the forsaken and distressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accept, we implore you, our bodies and souls, our hearts and minds, our talents and powers, together with the offerings we bring before you, which is our reasonable and humble service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work, and when our last hour shall come, support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, 
forever and ever. Amen. Our God shall come. Alleluia. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins, and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. And to thy hands we command, we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen.